welcome to another episode of the Bayaning Filipina Podcast. This is your host, Inya Kulada. And here with me again, our series regular, Aji Baji. Hi! At dito na tayo sa part 3 ng ating 4-part season finale special. And for today, dalawang Bayaning Filipina ang pag-uusapan natin. Itong dalawang bayaning Filipina na ito, masasabi natin na nasa magkaibang field sila and may iba yung way ng pakikipaglaban nila para sa kalayaan at sa demokrasya nung panahon ng okay. rehimen ni Marcos. But if you come to think of it, medyo similar din kasi nasa same field pero iba lang yung way, way nila na kung paano sila nakilala dun sa um, legacy nila or sa contribution nila para sa democracy ng bayan natin. So, sisimula natin doon sa medyo mas tame muna. Oo. Tame muna tayo. Mamaya magugulat kayo kung bakit ko sinabi nga. Simula tayo sa medyo mas tame. As we mentioned so, kanina, di ba, medyo similar naman sila ng field because uh, they're both journalists. But we'll see how um, how different they are then with their contributions. So, let's start. Then, let's start with Lourdes Cheat Estela Simbula. She was lovingly called Cheat. Chit was born Lourdes Panganiban Estela on August 19, 1957 in Quezon City to parents Eligio Edarad Estela and Antonia Mapala Panganiban. I think Eligio was a lawyer. She spent most of her life in Quezon City. So, nag-attention ng primary and secondary school niya sa St. Joseph's College. And while she was there, she projected a quiet and unassuming personality. Pero yung mga close sa kanya... They would describe her as a bullheaded, and she was even described as passionate and fiery, lalo na doon sa mga bagay na pinaniniwalaan niya. So, may paninindigan Oo. sa kung ano yung sakin niya yung tama, tsaka yung yes. na pinaniniwalaan niya. Mm-mm. She was also remembered as uh, showing the occasional sense of humor na yung tipong bumabang ka siya at some odd moments making it funnier yung situations. Now, she attended the Open University of University of the Philippines. She took AB Journalism and then she also took her master's degree there in public management sa UPDEM. During the time of the Marcos regime, she wrote for the student publication of UP, the Philippine Collegian. Yes. Doon niya nakilala yung asawa niya, si Roland Simbulan. Pero yung story nila, hindi yung normal na meet cute. Alam mo yun, yung sa movie na She, he would he saw her slow move across the ano hindi ganon kasi at the time na nagka, nagkakita sila si Roland ano na siya noon associate editor na siya nung collegian and si Chit nagkaka-apply lang niya as a sophomore nag-apply siya as the new staff and at the time ito yung umiinit na yung ang tawag mo doon yung temperament ng bansa andun na eh kasi andun na andun na sa Kumbaga, humahaba na yung term ng regime ni, ni Marcos at humihigpit na yung hawak niya sa, sa kinauupuan niya. So, naturally, alam natin, di ba, yung nung time na yon ang pinaka naging ano talaga is yung, yung movement ng mga students. And itong mga sila, being na journalism sila, ano, mas, mas malaki yung ano nila, yung, yung pakiramdam nila. Or mas, kumbaga yung nararamdaman nila at the time. And so syempre naturally, wala silang time sa love life, walang ano, walang pakit-cute, walang ganon. Hindi yun yung priority. Hindi yun yung, oo, hindi yun yung priority nila. Kasi yung um what do you call this, the national tension at the time was very high. At 
mas tense sila doon sa nagiging situation sa sa bansa. Kasi apparently, um, walang other newspaper, lalo yung mga, alam nga natin, yung mga, yung mga broadsheets, yung mga major newspapers before, di ba, controlled sila ng government. So, walang major newspaper din na na yung kabuong katotohanan ang ibinibigay nila or ang sinasabi nila. So, itong Philippine Collegian, actually, hindi lang siya nadidistribute or nagsisirculate dun sa university. Nagkakaroon din or nasisirculate din yung copies nila outside the campuses of UP. Kasi yung mga tao mismo, sila mismo, uhaw sila sa katotohanan. And yun nga, dahil nga, dahil nga passionate sila sa pagsusulat nila, um, of and sa pagsasab pag sa pagre-relay nila ng totoong nangyayari nas nabebenta sila sa labas ng um, hindi lang sa loob ng campus so umabot sa point na kasi nag-report sila ni-report nila yung Latod Denya strike which was the first big strike that challenged the martial law at umabot yon sa point na yung military ni raid yung office ng Philippine Collegian and inarrest nila yung mga editors doon. So, luckily, silang dalawa, hindi sila naabutan. The martial law regime also ordered the collegian to shut down. Pero, nagkaroon kasi ng persistent demands among dun sa population ng university na ibalik yun. And, nagwagi naman sila doon. So, na-revive nila yung publication in late 1974. Nung na-revive siya, nagkaroon ng mas malakas na editorial stance yung mga nagsusulat doon sa publication na yan. And Chita Stella was part of the newspaper's news section at nagko-cover sila ng mga events na ina-expose din nila yung mga cover-ups ng administration, yung mga corrupt practices, yung mga human rights abuses. And take note, even yung mga ano na, yung mga hardened journalists na natatakot silang i-cover to. Pero sila, kahit sudyante pa lang sila, kinocover nila to. And a former colleague, Fides Ling, remembers Cheat as a fast writer who quickly put together a coherent report about the news event. So, mabilis din silang nakakapaglabas ng mga articles nila. Now, Cheat became the president of the UP Journalism Club in her senior year. By then, nagsusulat na rin siya ng mga contributions niya for the underground resistance press, including yung balita ng Malayang Pilipinas, Taliban ng Bayan, and the Liberation. Tapos ang gamit niyang pangalan doon is Ka Sandy. Umaabot sa point na siya at saka yung isa niyang fellow college writer na si Jack Peña, magkakat sila ng class, lalabas sila ng university para i-pursue yung mga assignments nila para doon sa mga underground publications na yon. And as we have covered last episode, itong mga publications na to, naging ano sila, sobrang importanteng channel sila of information. Lalo na doon sa mga Filipino public na uhaw talaga na malaman or, or makabasa or makarinig ng totoong news. That was real and objective. So upon her graduation in 1979, she tried applying for jobs with some of the Marcos Crony control publications. Pero syempre, dahil sa may reputasyon siya, sunod-sunod siyang na-reject doon. Then, she wrote articles for anti-dictatorship publications under the National Secretariat for Social Action or the NASA NASSA of the CBCP. She got a writing job for Pahayagang Malaya which was an independent newspaper that was part of the so-called Mosquito Press and she also wrote for the Mr. and Miss and the Philippine Daily Inquirer. Tandaan natin yung last time yung last episode natin kay Leti yan yung mga pahayagan na inestablish nila specifically for the purpose of telling the people the truth 
during the time of the Marcos regime. Even as she worked with what by then were open publications, she continued to contribute articles to the underground publications then. Her particular assignment was to handle the new section of the liberation called Sparks. She barely escaped being arrested on one occasion in 1982. And this uh, experience was related by Ceres Doyo, who was a former colleague. Ang nangyari dito, siya at saka si Chit, nagda-drive sila along sa Kamagong Street sa Mahati. Tapos biglang, there was about a dozen or so armed men na tinry silang arestuhin. Mga naka-street ano naka clothes. Eh, ang kaso, kakakuha lang nila ng publication nila. It was entitled Iron Hand Velvet Glove. It was a report on the military abuses under the Marcos dictatorship. Galing lang to sa printing. Kakakuha lang nito pa. Bob, fresh na fresh pa. Uh, fresh <laughs> of the press. Medyo delikado yun sa kanila, lalo oh. kapag nakita yun sa kanila. Because during this time, if you remember, if you are, uh, if you're listening to your history classes or you've been re- reading historical sources regarding this regime. You would know na during this time, hindi pinapayagan na magkaroon ng... Ay, not necessarily hindi pinapayagan, pero strongly discouraged ang may masasabing masama about the government. Oo. Tawag na nga doon sub- subversive. Oo. So, kumbaga, ikaw ay pwede kang sasabihin na sinisila ang gobyerno. Although they're not saying it directly, but the laws that were implemented during that time, kapag nakita ka na or na-prove na, na may proof na nagsabi ka na against the government, pwede ka nilang kasuhan, pwede ka nilang kulihin. kulihin kahit wala kang nakatayo ka lang. Nakatayo ka lang. Uh-uh. Kung sabihin nila, actually kahit kung sabihin, basta marinig ka nila na nagsasabi ng something negative about the government. Sounds familiar. So anyway, So, yun na nga. Ang sabi sa kanila, dadalhin daw sila sa karami. And, you know, we all know the stories na pag dinala doon sa karami, hindi mo alam kung kailan ka makakalabas. If at all, makakalabas ka. And, syempre, hindi sila pumapayag and they try to stall. So, apparently, ito palang mga tao na to, yung assignment nila, yung mga nagtitry mag-seize sa kanila, they were supposed to arrest someone else, hindi sila. So, They were able to stall hanggang dumating yung nasa nga yung mga kasama nila doon. Uh, at ano, ni-rescue sila kumbaga na nabigyan sila ng out. So, hindi sila so, na-arrest. Ano, meron siya hindi na kaya, di ba? mga taong, hindi, sila, hindi naman sila ka-uniforme. Uh-huh. Di ba? So, parang, ikaw ba? Kung alam mo ang karapatan mo, hindi ka dapat papayag na humilihin ka ng kusin lang, basta, na kasibilyan uh-huh. lang, di ba? Hindi, hindi pwedeng ganun. Uh, even in in modern times, hindi dapat talaga ganun. Isa lang yun sa mga close calls niya. Now, Cheat was a part of a core group of newspaper journalists na they helped other journalists na maintindihan nila yung realities under the dictatorship. And she also became a union leader in the media institutions that she worked for. Another part of Cheat's character showed in her rejection of pay money. Hindi siya tumatanggap ng mga pakingkim. Yung mga pa-thank you, ganyan. Kasi na, naniniwala siya na pag tumanggap siya ng gifts or ng bribes, makukompromise yung obje- objectivity mo and independence mo and yung kung paano mo itake yung news or paano mo bigyan ng opinion, ba diba? Which is true naman kasi talaga. Mababago yung perception mo sa isang bagay kapag nabigyan ka ng something, kumbaga... Um, gratifying whatever it is you are doing. So, syempre, 
ayaw niya noon so hindi niya tinatanggap niya hindi niya tinatanggap yon and her colleagues considered her as a compassionate but principled and straight as an arrow journalist she chose the hard choices because it was what it's meant to be committed to the truth so after the dis- the dictatorship dismantled syempre tinuloy pa rin naman niya yung trabaho niya as a journalist cheat wrote for the Manila Times and later was editor-in-chief of the groundbreaking workers' paper, Pinoy Times. She helped put up the Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism or the PCIJ and the Vera Files. And she often wrote articles about human rights concerns. Tapos, syempre, nagturo rin siya dun sa kanyang alma mater sa College of Mass Communication sa UP Diliman from 2001 until her death in 2011. So actually, yung circumstance ng death niya was very unfortunate. Kasi on May 13, 2011, Lourdes Estela Simbulan was about to meet her high school friends at a restaurant in UP Techno Hub at nakasakay siya sa isang taxi. But unfortunately, she did not make it to the reunion kasi the taxi she was riding in was hit by two speeding buses. She was 53. So that was Lourdes Estela Simbulan. Before natin siya pag-usapan, move on tayo dun sa second bayaning Filipina natin. Um, para mamaya, after, tuloy-tuloy tayo. Okay? Okay. So our second bayaning Filipina is Doris Nuval. Unlike most of uh, the bayaning Filipinas we feature here, si Doris Noval kasi wala pa siya nung mga tribute pages talaga. Kasi buhay pa siya. She's still alive and kicking and fighting. Very, very, very active. Doris Noval was born in Japan in 1952 and was raised in Manila. She, she married briefly in 1976, tapos nagkaroon sila ng isang anak. Growing up, Doris Noval had a privileged life in the Philippines. I think privileged life is an understatement, no? Kasi ano siya If you know that during this time ng, Mar- ng Marshalo, especially nung rehimen ni Marcos, pagka um, nandito ka sa tipo ng ganitong background ng family, medyo protektado ka. At saka alam mo na, medyo kang meron kang edge or edge oh, ba tawag doon? Mm-hmm. Kasi, ano siya, ga- ang kanyang tatay ay isa sa mga general, tama ba? Oo. So, actually, her father was a friend and advisor of the president himself, Ferdinand Marcos. And growing up, you know, to use the term privilege, growing up privilege, it would, it would be, you know, a big question mark kung bakit niya ginawa yung ginawa niya which actually was very ballsy sa totoo lang. But then, then again, kung ikaw ay mulat ka talaga sa katotohanan, hindi rin naman nakakagulat na gagawin mo ito. And uh, disclaimer lang din ha, kasi we in no way glorify yung mga ganito actions. It's just that, oh sige, ituloy natin yung kwento. So actually, so ano din na, Um, baka lang isipin nyo na parang this only happened when he she's already when she already graduated. In fact, kahit nung mga nag-aaral pa siya, nakikitaan na talaga niya. I, I mean, kumbaga sa term na yung pelahon na to, woke na siya. Kung um naiintindihan niya kung naiintindihan niya kung ano yung um sitwasyon, nakikita niya yung privilege nila bilang anak siya ng general, anak siya ng advisor, ng close kay Marcos, mm-hmm. alam niya na, nakikita niya na posible na nag-benefit din sila doon, pero hindi siya, hindi siya nanahimik lang at hindi siya 
tumanggap lang kung ano yung sinasabi nating quote-unquote biyaya na mm. pwede nilang makukuha galing oh. sa galing kay Marcos. Yes. So, she eventually, yun nga, she eventually discovered that the government was deeply corrupt and she became passionately involved in the political underground. So, she was, you know, working behind the back of his father talaga, actually, no? So, at the age of 28, ano yung niya talaga? At the age of 28, she planted a bomb designated to bring world attention to the dictatorship that is happening here in the country. This happened on October 19, 1980. Actually kasi, si, Noval, si Doris Noval, she was part of a of the diplomatic course of the De- Department of Tourism that organized the American Society of Tra- Travel Agents or ASTA conference. So, conference to sa PICC. And this job allowed her to bring the device to the PICC during the convention. So, Wait, it was supposed ito. to be... Oh, okay. So, before that, meron na siya, ano yun? Alam na, like I mentioned, she's been active. And like, like, well, like we mentioned earlier, she's been active in exposing what's happening and what's really happening for our democracy, for uh, what's happening during this regime. Pero may garoon din siya na opportunity to go abroad. In fact, itong conference, conference eh, convention na pupunta niya na to, galing na siya sa abroad dito, bumalik pa siya dito sa Pilipinas just to execute this particular mission na gagawin mm. niya. Kasi itong ASA convention na to, plinano ito ni Marcos as a coming out party, kumbaga, ng Philippines to the world. Parang yung i-show off niya, yung mga quote-unquote ginagawa niya. para sa country natin, iyayabang niya sa ibang bansa. So, this was around 15 years under the Marcos regime yung bansa. So, Marcos was actually 10 rows away from the small bl- bomb she planted. How small, you say? Sabihin na natin isang, kasing siya ng isang kaha ng sigarilyo. She detonated this explosive while Marcos was delivering her speech. And Marcos was unskated naman and Actually, wala rin namang nas- nasaktan doon sa bomb na yun. Actually, ang ano niyan eh, um, if I remember it correctly from one of the interviews that I've watched about uh, about Doris Noval. Just a backstory kung bakit siya na... Sinabi ko talaga, backstory lang. Insist ko or sinadjust ko na isama si Doris Noval kasi we were supposed to ask her to give a talk to our to my students during I think that, that this was supposed to be last year but of course since lower grades they're, they're still in grade school may, we're just medyo natakot yung yung chair namin baka mag give ng mag give off na ibang impression kasi nga about bombing di ba so pero yun nga ang maganda kasi dito ang maganda kasi sa ginawa ni Doris Nuval And I really appreciate this kasi g- despite her privilege and yun na nga, as I mentioned earlier, galing na siya sa ibang bansa, may pangalan na siya sa journalism industry, tama ba yung term ko? May pangalan na siya, bumalik pa rin siya dito just to make a point, just to prove a point and to still fight for the people. Kahit na ganito yung paraan. Okay. So her actually, according to a... To many interviews na she's been have or she had parang sa kanya naman kasi it was never about or it was never meant to hurt anyone 
it was only to call attention. Para malaman ng mga nasa labas ng bansa natin kung ano yung nararanasan ng bansa. And, you know, it was only to call attention. And it did. The world began to take notice of the growing resistance to the dictatorship with new groups emerging such as the Light of Fire movement and the April 6 Liberation movement which dun nakasama si Doris Nugal. Now, syempre, yung mga gantong scale ng actions, it led to her arrest days later. Kasi na-trace nila yung package nung explosive sa kanya. After then na hinuli at tinorture yung mga comrades niya. Noval faced 21 criminal charges, including rebellion, murder, illegal possession of explosives, plotting to assassinate the president and attempted assassination of cabinet members. And she said in an, an interview, throughout the next few years, uh, this and this will I will be quoting, throughout the next few years, I went through mock trials conducted by the military and subsequently by civilian courts when the martial law was quote-unquote lifted. In, in between those years, there were stints at the Quezon City Jail and solitary confinement for misbehavior. So, hindi rin naman siya umupo lang doon sa, sa kulungan at tumahimik. Ano din siya eh? I think one thing, sa base din sa isa sa mga interviews niya, parang medyo naging beneficial sa kanya yung connection niya doon sa father niya. Mm-hmm. Para medyo mas lighter treatment yung treatment sa kanya. Sa kanya. As compared to the abuses na naranasan ng na mga normal na. ng mga normal na pababayan natin na, na naging political prisoners. Na pag naging political prisoners. Doris Noval holds the record for being the longest held female political prisoner from the Marcos years. So again, like I said, she was arrested in 1980 for planting a bomb and she spent nearly five years in prison and escaped execution only because close yung father niya kay Marcos. So in an inter- in the interview that I listened to then yung di ba nga may anak siya there were actually threats din na kukunin yung anak niya kapag hindi siya nagbigay ng information may mga ganong mm-hmm. kubag hindi man siya physically torture din minai games naman siya ginamit pa yung sa anak niya Now in 1985 her father ang actually, actually ang job kasi nung tatay niya was an assistant on ports and harbors ni eh. So, her father negotiated her release on the condition that she leaves the country. Yun na nga, pinakawalan siya. She left for the Netherlands to seek political asylum at bumalik lang siya after the EDSA People Power Revolution. Since her release, she has been tirelessly fighting and working towards empowering and educating others about justice and equality through public and educational television. So, ngayon, after na nang nakamit na natin yung demokrasya natin, tuloy-tuloy naman, tinuloy-tuloy naman niya yung trabaho niya. Now, she is 68 years old. She is the Executive Vice President of the Knowledge Channel Foundation, which is a non-profit organization helping empower Filipinos through educational media. Alam nyo to? Knowledge, knowledge Channel. Knowledge Channel. O, so, alam natin lahat to kasi... Ito, may, meron siyang sa TV, meron siya sa online, sa radyo, sa radyo meron siyang on-demand education. So, ayun na, si Doris Noval, nasa retiring years na rin naman siya. But still, after nung small, small, quote-unquote, stint niya nun, nung Marcos regime, 
afternoon pagbalik niya she made you know learning accessible to more than 5 million learners in both formal and alternative learning systems in an estimated 6000 schools and learning centers nationwide lalo na yung panahon na to no parang sa tingin ko sobrang kailangan ng knowledge ng knowledge channel <laughs> oh so the platform nila yes so after namin mag-usap later ipi-play ko yung a part of the interview of para marinig niyo naman si Doris Noval and how amazing she is Those are the two Bayaning Filipinas we are featuring for this third part of our season finale special. So, yun nga, katulad ng sinabi ni Aji Baji, may meron silang pagkakapareho in that they are both jer- journalists. Pareho rin silang may paninindigan sa paniniwala nila at hindi sila pumapayag na basta-basta na lang nangyayari yung mga bagay na hindi dapat na nararanasan ng mga kababayan natin sa normal na sitwasyon. Cheat on her part ay isang journalist na meron talagang integridad. Ultimo, alam mo yun, ultimo yung pakinggim, yung gifts, gratitude, mga ganyan. Mm-hmm. <clears> Hindi <throat> niya tatanggapin kasi meron siya sariling prinsipyo niya na kailangan niya ihayag ang katotohanan and pinanghawakan niya to hanggang sa kaduluduluhan ng buhay niya. Yes. Oo. And mm-hmm. ba diba, parang for somebody na nandun sa panahon na yun ng, na parang nirisk mo yung buhay mo kapag ka nagsabi ka nung tala- nag-expose ka ng mga nagaganap na katiwalian, ng mga uh, injustices, ganyan. Si, si ano siya, pinanindigan niya na mag-stick sa katotohanan at hindi siya nagpa-bribe. Totoo. Hanggang saan yan, kahit nang hindi na, kahit hindi na martial law, tinuloy-tuloy niya yung practice niya yan. Hanggang hanggang sa nag-aanon siya, nagtuturo na siya, editor-in-chief na siya, and everything. Now, sa part naman ni Doris Noval, I think what we, katulad nga na sinabi ko, we in no way glorify yung mga, syempre, violent, medyo, medyo violent, violent na, na ways, katulad niya, kasi, you know, some would call it terrorism, kasi syempre, it involves bombs. Yeah, <laughs> you're risking people's lives kahit pa nila na it's just going it's supposed to be just a small scale one pero we cannot deny the fact that despite her privileged privileged lifestyle despite Mula her cha. closeness, closeness actually yes the family nila sa Marcoses that didn't stop her from exposing the truth and fighting for the pe- for people's rights oo katulad nga na sinabi mo yung yung proximity ng pamilya nila dun sa dictator at that time. Ay, alam mo yun, hindi yun yung, I think that was even what made her more gutsy dun sa ginawa niya. Na, andito ako sa posisyon na to na kaya kong gawin, kaya kong ipaalam sa mga, sa labas ng bansa kung anong nangyayari dito sa bansa natin. Para hindi, kasi syempre ang nakikita lang nila sa labas is yung maganda na, pin, na pinoproject ng mga Marcos eh. And she wanted to tell or to let the world know the truth. Na for show lang yon. Yung pinapakita niya iba sa nararanasan ng mga kababayan natin na nahihirapan. But uulitin ko, hindi siya hindi, hindi naman, naman siya nahihirapan. So I guess ang takeaway natin dito is just because nandun tayo sa medyo mas privileged. Hindi dapat it yung privilege natin, yung yung comfort na nararamdaman natin, hindi dapat ito yung nagiging shield natin sa 
katotohanan ng sitwasyon sa oh, sabi everywhere. Sabi sa students ko. And admittedly, mga students ko, aware naman sila na nasa better standing yung mga pamilya nila. Pero sabi ko nga, sabi ko nga sa kanila, and I think it was clear to them as well, na hindi porket hindi nila nararamdaman ay hindi na ito nangyayari sa ibang tao. So they have to keep an open mind, open eyes, open heart, and open hands to see what's really happening, to feel what other people may be feeling, may be feeling to help in whatever way they can. Kaya hindi puro donation lang. Siyempre, di ba? Yes, of course, donations are helpful. Pero ano pa, bukod doon, ang pwede nilang gawin. Kasi ano eh, sa totalang donations are short term. Yes. Yun What can yun. you do in terms of long term talaga? Yes. Nakakatuwa kasi, I hope, well, I hope, na with this, with this talk that we're having right now, with this topic that we're having right now, sana maka-inspire din tayo ng younger Filipinos na hindi lang sarili ang iisipin. Diba? Mm. Dapat, hindi mo laging, hindi mo laging isasabihin na hindi naman kami mayaman, pero, nakakagawa kami ng ganito pero nasusunod namin yung ganyan okay hindi ka hindi ka naman talaga mayaman wala naman sa well most of us nasa middle class nga lang nga tayo eh. baka Alam lower mo, middle class pa nga eh di ba may yung yung uh, mo yung family income uh-huh. pero usually sa atin middle class lower middle class hindi talaga tayo mayaman alam naman natin yon hindi natin kailangan maging mayaman para intindihin na yung ibang tao, meron pa ring ibang tao na hindi kayang ma-afford kung ano yung meron tayo. Not just financially, ha? hindi lang yung mga bahay, lupa, ganyan. Yung mga bagay na, yung mga basic needs man lang. Hindi lahat ng tao. Well, actually, yung basic needs ng isang pamilya, iba sa basic needs ng ibang, ibang pamilya. pamilya. And that's what Uh, everybody has to understand individually rin. Oo, so, oo. kumbaga, hindi mo pwedeng sabihin, oh, ba't yung pamilya naman namin, kaya Ito, naman, hindi ganyan, ganyan. Hindi ko, hindi ko, hindi ko, hindi ko, hindi ko, kasi, kasi, doon papasok yun eh, yung, na, empathy. actually, nakakainis na, nakikita ko yan sa social media, yung mga pasaway, mga ganyan-ganyan, like, hindi nila naiintindihan, yung mga tao na, sige, sabihin na, ay, pasok na natin yung pandemic. Yung, hindi nila na naiintindihan na may mga taong nasa labas, hindi dahil sa gusto lang nilang pumarty sa labas. Exactly. May kasi mga wala tao, silang choice. Oo. I mean, may mga tao na kailangan nilang lumabas kasi kailangan nilang pumasok. Dude, kayo, kahit kayo alam ninyo, kahit ayaw mong pumasok, kailangan mong pumasok kasi nagbukas yung kumpanya. Oo. Oh. At kailangan mo rin para meron kang sweldohin. Yun na lang, simple. Para oh, may pang, alam mo yun. Oh, diba? Basic, hindi naman, hindi naman yung para pumarty. Hindi yung, anak ka ng tokwa ka. Sorry, nanggigigil talaga ako. Kasi ang time pumunta sa Tagaytay ngayon eh. Guys, totoo, walang, walang quarantine, walang pandemya. I mean, I understand that we need to relax. We need to unwind. Mm-hmm. This is stressful. This is... This for everybody. Is for everyone and... It's triggering anxieties and all. I understand that. It's true. We cannot we cannot deny that fact. Pero guys, kung hindi kung lalabas tayo just to make well one, just to uh, for be sure. <laughs> Parang hindi porket na yung mga tao uh, mas mura sa tagaytay ngayon. Eh magtatagaytay ka na, mm-hmm. anak ka ng tinapa. Kasi naman guys, like, yeah, lalabas ka na. Open your open your eyes, just, open your you know, mind. <laughs> 
hindi naman lahat tayo nagsasuffer oo kasi gusto na natin lumabas o sige fine extroverted ka and so yes oo hindi naman natin dinideny yung fact na yun hindi naman natin pwedeng i-take away i-take away yung fa- yung sitwasyon na yun pero kung alam mo yun hindi well, porket to... hindi porket wala kang sakit wala kang covid ngayon hindi ko hindi porket hindi natamaan yung pamilya mo ilalabas ka na magwawalwal ka na magwawalwal ka na ay medyo lumalak parang mukhang naglumalayo tayo sa topic pero it's like that that's empathy guys <laughs> and girls empathy lang intindihin natin kung ano nangyayari sa ibang tao Intindihin natin na iba yung sitwasyon nila sa sitwasyon mo at hindi porket hindi mo nararanasan yun ay eh hindi na siya totoo. So, circle back lang tayo doon. <laughs> circle back. Yes. Well, kailangan naman talaga may current issues na rin uh-huh. tayo discuss. Kasi hindi, you lang. can see na these things, these situations, that this situation, these um, iba-iba man ng context, makikita mo eh na when you listen, when you learn from the past, you will not make the same mistakes or you will be inspired to do better. Diba? And, balik din naman tayo ulit kay Cheat. Kasi, katulad ng binanggit ko last episode, I am in no way affiliated to journalism, no? But we hear stories na may mga journalists na bayaran daw, na may pinapanigan daw, na uh, may kinikilingan. And, I think, Martial law or no, ang tao, lagi silang maghahanap ng reliable na source ng ano nila, ng news nila, oh. ng information nila. And yung ganong klaseng character ni Simbulan, ni Stella Simbulan, ito yung magandang character na dapat sa simula pa lang, sa school pa lang, ng mga budding journalists natin, kinukuha na nila. Nakukuha na nila yung idea na yun. Para you know, to help. Na, kasi ikaw, isa kang ano eh, isa ka sa mga... May boses, may kakayahan. Oo, oh, oh, katulad din na sinabi ni CJ last episode. Ang mga journalists, sila yung mas may power or mas may medium para sabihin yung hindi masabi ng isang ordinaryong tao. So, dapat, lagi pa rin natin, yung, lalo yung mga budding journalists dyan, lagi nyo tatandaan na meron kayong power, you have to use that power correctly. Now, ito na, I think we can end this episode with a clip of the interview of Doris Noval from Women's Talk. So, here it is. Listen, and you will hear stories of beauty, strength, and inspiration. Let's talk Women Talk. Doris, this is amazing. I'm sitting here and reading through all these articles and I have this burning desire to ask you, why did you plant that bomb? Why did I plant that bomb? I thought it was my chance to be able to serve this country. Marcos at the time was in power for more than 15 years and the dictatorship knew no bounds. Was it a huge bomb? it It was a small one. I was told that it would not hurt people. It was just meant to, as propaganda, we wanted to land in the front pages of the world papers. I didn't ever think I would get in jail. Doris Nuval is still trying to bring justice to the Philippines, but where she once resorted to terrorism, she's now using television 
Well, I got into television actually as a direct result of being in prison. I was allowed to bring in a 12-inch television set and then I just saw the power of it. I think the most exciting part of the 11 years I've been with the Knowledge Channel was when I was assigned in Mindanao. For three and a half years, lived amongst the people and I found, I found peace in a land without peace. Now Doris, what is empowerment to you? Empowerment to me is having enough information, expressing what you feel in a public arena without being stopped. Doris Nuval is a woman with a burning passion for her country, willing to sacrifice what she holds dearest for her cause. Thank you for listening to the Bayaning Filipino Podcast. This has been your host, Inya Holada. If you want to be heard, if you want me to say hi to you, if you want to say something to me, and you want to hear your name in one of our episodes, you can reach me at bayaningfilipina at gmail.com, through Twitter at, at byfili2020, and through Instagram at bayaningfilipina. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you next episode para dun sa ating fourth and final part of the four-part season finale na ating Marcos Regime September. And then after this part four, I will be taking a short break in preparation for the season 2 of our podcast. So, you want to say your goodbyes, Ajibaji? Choose to be kind. And stay safe out there, everybody. Bye! Make our choices!